podcast. My name is Tim Peterson. I am Senior Media Editor at Digiday. And I'm Kaylee Barber, Media Editor at Digiday. So Kaylee, this week you spoke with Yang Adija, who is the SVP of Digital League Business Operations, Growth and Innovation at Turner Sports. You've been covering a lot of blockchain, NFTs, kind of the future of media technology. And Turner's been fairly active in this space where they're doing things with you know blockchain as well as NFTs. What's this Blockleets game that they've created? Yeah, so you're right. Um, Turner Sports has been, and in, in, uh, Bleacher Report, have been really advantageous in this area. They've been doing a lot of experimentation around NFTs and the blockchain um, in general. But this Block Leads game, I thought was a really unique approach to it because while they have done drops um, of NFT collections and things like that, um, the Block Leads game kind of takes it to a new level. So it really focuses on gamifying NFTs and incentivizing you know, the use of NFTs in ways other than just like monetary uh, growth. So it's it's not just like an investment opportunity, although people do make money, but they play this game that's like a golf game. It's a golf video game and it's connected so you can play with other players. And basically you buy an NFT and you can invest in growing that NFT by playing the game more. Um, that NFT becomes more valuable and you could sell it in the ecosystem that they've created. So um, Yang gets into it uh, about kind of the advantages of taking this gamified approach to NFT experimentation and really talks about how that helps to hone an audience um, and get someone who's maybe not crypto native excited about, you know, investing in the blockchain and investing in NFT collections. Yeah. How exactly are they going about that? Because I mean, as much as NFTs has become one of the most used acronyms of 2021 and we've been covering it a lot. You've been covering it a lot. Um, and like it's just getting a lot of attention at the same time. I imagine for most people, NFTs is still something where they may be aware of it, but have no idea where to start when it comes to buying an NFT or accessing mm -hmm. NFT. You're right. A lot of the population is still not investing in NFTs. Um, I write about it a lot. I myself have not invested in NFTs yet, but it's an area that is consistently growing in the way that it's kind of growing is because of making it more accessible to the masses. So in this game, it's making it more of like, you know, tapping into the fact that people play games on their phone, people play games on their computers, and it makes it easier for them to build a wallet, um, like a virtual crypto wallet because it, they're doing it in the game itself. Like it makes the onboarding experience easier because it's kind of coming through the lens of like what you would do to set up a gaming profile on like just, you know, a standard video game. It kind of takes the actions of onboarding and makes it part of a game versus something you would do if you're just kind of in the business of collecting you know, the NFT because you're a NFT collector, if that makes sense. Got it. I think it makes sense. Hopefully after this conversation. Yeah, he explains yeah. it really well. Yeah, he, he gets into it. He talks about um, the benefits of gamifying something that a lot of people find really confusing. Um, and it adds this other value layer to NFTs that I think is really fascinating. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to hear you and Yang talk about that. So 
let you take it away. Thanks, Kaylee. Thanks, Tim. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Looking forward to the conversation. Thanks for having me. So um, I wanted to talk with you because we had a really great conversation around NFT and blockchain at Turner Sports and Bleacher Report a couple weeks ago now. Um, And there were some really cool innovations going on that I really wanted to dig in deeper to with you. Um, So I guess to maybe kick it off, I'd love to get some background info on when you first got involved in the blockchain um, space and innovating in crypto and NFTs at Turner Sports, um, what's your kind of background trajectory into that? Sure. No, and I appreciate that. So for me, it was interesting because I was originally, I was extremely interested in blockchain. And I had, in fact, at the time, it was 2015, um, I had looked into blockchain and was looking at the application for blockchain around around media and how we can use that to um, really use it to do digital rights management. There's a lot of rights within films, and I thought the blockchain would be a a great tool for allowing us to um, bring that to, you know, bring the data and the management onto onto the blockchain. And so interesting story here is that we actually had an internal competition. I had... um, for, we were looking for innovative ideas, and I pitched an idea around blockchain as a whole, and it, it, it placed in second <laughs> in the contest. And then um, it was around the um, winter of 2017, I believe it was, when CryptoKitties launched. And I was listening to a podcast around CryptoKitties, and that's when I was sort of opened up to NFTs in the space, and I thought that was had plenty of applications and. Granted, I'm not a cat person, so the cat application wasn't wasn't for me. Although I thought it was, it made a lot of sense from a technical standpoint, and I thought it had so much, so many applications for sports. Um, and at the time, I started ideating around how do we bring that to to sports in early 2018. And so from there, really got the opportunity to uh, discuss internally with the team here about you know different ways that we can apply this to media in general, but um, Turner Sports specifically. What was the first project that you remember working on and getting off the ground? Was it the kind of NFT push that happened earlier this year, or were you doing things back in that like 2018 period? Yes. So that's a great question. The, the, in 2018, we actually started, <laughs> funny enough, we started, we created a, we wanted to create a, um, a racing game with horses. Because again, CryptoKitties were cats. We, were, we decided, okay, well, we can create horses and have the horses racing and they can have application to them. But, you know, we're not a horse racing company and that wasn't really our sweet spot. And so there was just so many other things that we were thinking of. Um, and we immediately turned to athletes and sports and applications and game and interactivity. And the key there was, okay, well, what can we start and get off the ground quickly enough and start testing in a way that would allow us to really learn the space in a really unique way. So shortly, I think later in 2018, maybe 2019, we were, we, we looked at golf as a, a game that we wanted to go into was didn't require synchronous gameplay. You can play against someone's scorecard. It was, um, simpler to to make in terms of the interactions. There wasn't a lot of collision between the players. And so 2019 was when we started the idea around um, creating a golf-based game, which 
I'll talk about a bit here, um, and that we were really looking at use, utilizing that to open us to what NFTs can, can do and really allowed us to learn a lot um, within the space. And I do want to get into that game um, because I think that that is a really interesting... Like, gamifying NFTs is something that I you don't really hear a ton when you're covering NFTs in the media space. I think initially it's really been focused on NFT drops and kind of introducing audiences to the concept of the blockchain and non-fungible tokens um, by simply buying and collecting. Um, that seems to be the common first step application of um, the space. So I do want to get into that, um, the gamifying of NFTs that you mentioned. Um, but before that, I'm curious also, like, in the pure, like, logistics and operations of building a team and getting yourself ready to launch a project in this area, I guess, what was the size of the team that was dedicated to this? And who were you kind of hiring in order to do this? Right. No, and as as you can imagine, in 2018, early 2018, you know, bringing NFTs or the concept of NFTs, or even to be honest with you, blockchain at that time, we were we were probably a bit in a crypto winter where, you know, the Bitcoin and Ethereum prices were really low. It was Yes, there were, I think there was a, in early, in late 2017, there might have been, there was a jump in Bitcoin and Ethereum wasn't really even on the map in terms of cryptocurrencies that people were talking about. And then Bitcoin had dropped considerably after that. So bringing in a concept around something around cryptocurrencies, NFTs, did not fall on, you know, happy ears to, you know, within an organization to want to do we were fortunate in that in Turner Sports DNA, we are innovative. We look to push forward to, you know, what's coming next. We, um, both Lenny Daniels and um, Tina Shaw, who are, are the CEO and, and COO of, of Turner Sports, were willing to take a chance on where things could go and, and understood that this is a space that we wanted to dabble in. And the team at that time was was very small. I mean, this was a Skunk Works team, a handful of us, really looking into what you know, what are the opportunities. And it was even some was it was more of just a passion project to 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 push forward and look into. And as we were getting into it and understanding it a bit more and seeing how um, you know Crypto Kitties were doing, we were seeing how we were working at the time with the with the NBA around. Um, you know, conversations around Top Shot. This was even before that launched and saw that there was real potential there. We then started putting together a more, I'll call it formalized team to to focus on it. Still small, but formalized to, to look into it and push the idea forward. And that gave us the opportunity to really, um, again, we, we weren't using IP because we wanted to be able to test and learn and, you know, make mistakes because the space was so new. And it really gave us the opportunity to really understand that this was different than just putting out a digital product. It was putting out something that was going to truly engage or interact with our fan base in a, in a completely different way. And that's why we went beyond just a drop, of which I think those, there's a space for that as well. But we think that the 
opportunity was much larger than that. And we still think there's still so much space for this to grow in which you're really engaging the audience in a really unique way. It's almost one of the things we talk about here. It's, it's like in, in film, they call the, you know, they call the third wall in which you're, you know, the, you actually look at the audience and, and, and sort of interact with them. This is sort of like the digital third wall has been broken in which the audience is engaged with the NFT in a really different way than they have done in the past. And I think that's helped unlock a lot of doors for us. And that's, that's why we continue to grow the team as we see the opportunities lending itself to do that. Let's talk about like the audience too. So you recognized um, yourself that there is a really great opportunity for sports um, fans to get involved in the NFT space. There's a lot of applications for um, NFTs and even the blockchain in that interest area because to a degree, like NFTs are often thought of as either investment opportunities or collectibles in line with like a baseball card collector or, um, you know, paraphernalia that you you collect over you know, years and they sometimes increase in value. So there is some application there, but there's also this kind of like gamification of it. Um, Can you talk about, you know, how you, I guess, identified the audience at Turner Sports who would be interested in this and how you kind of introduced them to NFTs? Like what was the process of getting them involved in something that is generally speaking, very new technology? Right. No, and I think there is a, as you mentioned, we talked about a bit a bit here, is that there is a space for the collectibles. There is a space for those who are hoping for appreciation and value. And I think similar to, as you think about the internet, that email is a great proof of concept and application, but it's not the only one that's, a, you know, in the space of the, of, of the internet. And similarly, we, we look at NFTs in the same way. There, there's that audience that likes to collect, likes to um, use that collection for hopefully appreciation. And we think that that will still be there and still continue to grow. Where we think there is tremendous opportunities and, you know, the gamification of it, you know, my, my guess is that a number of years from now, we'll see that gamification is probably too shallow of a term because there's mm-hmm. going to be such enriched applications for how nfts will play with our fan base that it will it will be so much more integrated into not just playing a game but doing things that are game like but within sort of your daily interaction with you know the league the sports and that you that you enjoy and for us it took some time this is why we we were happy that we started early because we we thought oh we're going to build sort of a game and once someone sees that there's a game and you can make money, you know, get some value from it, that they'll want to jump into it. And we initially were like, we're going to go after, you know, um, folks that are in our e-league space that are gamers. And it really took us some time to understand the difference in the audiences and one, their their progression of how they sort of introduced or understood the technology and its application. Um, Certainly those that were crypto native were the first to come in and they were the ones that when we launched, they were they, they were there and we were happy to have that base of an audience. But it also took us some time for us to talk to our more general audience that, is, that are sports fans, that are sports fans that also dabble in, you know, that in betting. We found that some that dabbled in betting, you know, or free to play games, 
understood it a bit more. We also found that sports fans that played sports games understood a, a bit more the concept of what we're trying to do because it was, you know, a digital asset and improving your digital asset over time through the work, you know, your engagement with the game and the sport. And so that was more readily understood versus some of those that are more lean back in terms of viewing our um, sports content. And so really understanding that gave us a better sense of, okay, what audiences do we approach first as we begin to see the space grow and eventually we believe get, get to mass adoption. And so I would love to kind of unpack what um, your game is. So it's it's block leads. It's tied to, um, well, it's tied to golf, right? It's not, I guess, tied to directly like the PGA or anything like that. But it is a um, uh, this game where players can basically collect NFTs that enhance their performance in the game, correct? Like, can you, I guess, unpack what it is and what the user experience is like? Sure. Uh, so... What it, what it is essentially and where we want it to go, and I'll talk a little bit about that as well, is that you, you're able to um, purchase an NFT, uh, of which is, a in this case, a golfer, a blockleet, a, an, an athlete, a blockchain athlete. Um, and what the athlete has certain skills that are born with that NFT. And so it will have power, accuracy, and as you play or integrate that into the game and you play it in the game, you can improve the athlete's attributes. And improving the athlete's attributes increases the value of that athlete because it's now able to, you know, score better, hit further. Um, So the work you put into it improves the um, value of that um, NFT. And then the NFT, obviously, it's it's owned by the purchaser, the user who purchased it at the time. And can be traded as they wish, or they can continue to use it and play within the game and continue to win, place on the leaderboard and win within the game. Um, Or they can decide to sell and trade it and see what the marketplace value of that athlete is. The great thing of what we're so excited about within the block lead game space is that not only do you have the individual athlete that's an NFT, but you have other assets within the game, golf clubs, golf balls, um, that are also um, NFTs that increase the gameplay um, and you can, again, sell and trade, which then allows us to create a complete economy and ecosystem within the game of which the users are the controllers of it. So users can come in and help us create golf balls, you know, golf clubs, and or even things that don't have um, direct gameplay impact like you know, golf hats and shoes and shirts of which they can then sell and trade with each other. And so it creates a engagement economy within the game. So, so uh, you know, sort of economy as a community, that's so exciting for us that, see, that we see different engagement with our, with our users and fans. We'll be right back after this message from our sponsor. There is this um, economy that's taking place in the game, but there is also like real world value tied to it, right? Like what's the like tie-in to actual, um, you know, money for both you and the users? Yeah. So, and that's a great, great point. Yes. So these are, because they're NFTs, they have real world, you know, potential value to it. Now we, we don't, we can't tell you what that, you know, we, when our lowest selling, um, 
block lead is for $7. And I think the highest one is $100 from the marketplace that we have. Mm-hmm. Other users have then taken that and um, flipped those in the marketplace for a lot more. And so there's actual real dollars or cryptocurrency and, and then therefore fiat that comes with that, that users are able to extract from the game of which the same, as I'd mentioned within the economy of golf clubs and golf balls, because they are NFTs and have pro, you know ownership um, with the users, the users are then able to take those and, you know, have real world value to it, a real dollar value to it. And that's what one of the interesting things of what cryptocurrency allows. So it, it helps that process for users to um, engage in, you know, a game or sport like what we're doing and, and still have value with it. Obviously, the users can gain value. Um, Turner Sports can gain value too, right? Like This is a business opportunity for you. Can you talk about some of the revenue upsides for, um, you know, your company? We see this as a, certainly a, a growth area and opportunity for us. We are also really focused on our, you know, first priorities to, to drive value to our fans. How do we get them to engage? How do we make sure that they're enjoying the experience? How do we make sure that they're able to extract value out of that? And that's, I know that sounds very, you know, altruistic and that we're, you know, it sounds like a, a, um, a slogan kind of thing, but we're the reason why we do that because it makes a lot of business sense for us within this. The more that our our fans are engaged and feel that they're able to, they're getting the ownership and value that we think is inherent inherent in um, NFTs and in NFT games. The more they are then creating the um, velocity of transactions within that ecosystem. And that's where we we begin to benefit because if we have a vibrant ecosystem and economy within there, we then benefit from that from a financial perspective. So not only, obviously, as, as I mentioned, we, we sell the NFTs initially, the initial um, sale of the NFTs, we are also benefiting from the transaction volume within within the economy that we're that we have set up. And so that's where we think there is a joint partnership with us and our fans and a two-way value exchange between us and our fans that we're excited about. Right. So you guys make a percentage of um, transactions that happen on the platform. Is that right? That's correct. That's correct. Got Mm -hmm. it. Got it. All right. So definitely it makes sense then to focus on getting the users, your audience, excited about NFTs, making them feel like they are, well, actually making them enabled to earn money and actually have like a real like beneficial experience in the app because that benefits your business overall. I think that's what's really interesting because, you know, like I was saying at the beginning, like the focus of NFTs so far I've seen in the media industry have been very much centered on these drops, the collectibles, the like one-off kind of NFTs that maybe get a little bit of buzz, but ultimately the excitement is kind of like, is this, is there like long-term way to sustain this? It doesn't feel like it's sustainable necessarily. Um, To a degree it is, but it's not like this encouraging people to come back and participate and, you know, increase the value of their NFT. I think that that's what's really interesting here. So when was the official launch of the game um, in its first iteration? Yep. So, and I, 
the point you just made there was a was a a key one for us. We are the aligned and we we think that blockchain in general, NFT specifically, our game and how we're building it. And as I mentioned before, we're always looking for value for our fans. It, it is not as I said, it's not just a slogan. It's not just a you know pie in the sky idea. It is the cornerstone of what we're trying to do because we believe that the aligned incentives that come with our users getting extracting value, if we align that with our benefit as well, we think there's a, a tremendous amount of growth opportunity that comes from within there. And so we are not, although we have done drops in the past, we're not just looking to do a drop, which, which we're doing. It's a one-way street you know, to to the fan, which we're, we're developing and we send it to the fan and we extract value. We want this to be a place where the fans are engaged and have va- accruing value. And that accrue, you know, accruing a value for the fans allows the whole ecosystem to grow, which then we benefit from. And that's the, that's the sort of the magic that sort of is coming from, you know, NFTs and how we're looking to build um, not only just the, the golf game, but everything else that we're, we're pushing forward in the future. And so just to, now answer a little bit more directly the question that that you asked is that, you know, so we did we launched officially um, the first drop of the game in January uh, February 2020, um, which coincided with the uh, pandemic, um, which was a, was was great because it gave us time to build the game. We we just had the golfers dropped at the point at that point. We were actually looking to launch the game. And it was going to be a, it was a web-based game at, the, at that point. It was 2D. We had not built on Unity or, Unity or anything else at that, at that point. It was really for us to get out there and test and get to understand, you know, is there something here, you know, the fan base and what are the things that we thought were necessary for us to grow this into something substantial um, or, or, or shut it down if it wasn't, you know, there wasn't anything there. Um, so we had the first drop for us in March, February and March of 2020. Then we had the game launch in October of 2020. And um, we've been iterating and building ever since as we begin, began to learn a little bit more. And, and now we're, we're um, launching in, uh, in beta. We're currently in beta in um, the app stores. So it was a web-based game. You said it was kind of rudimentary in, in the graphics of it, like 2D, kind of getting a feel of how audience use would be of it. Um, was the putting it on the in the app store, like moving it to mobile, was that like something that the users or the gamers were asking for? Like what was that kind of next step decision? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the at the time, we had most of our users were um, NFT natives in the beginning, and so they were used to um, going wherever the opportunity was. And so they were in crypto, which was um, web-based for the for the most part. And so they were used to doing that at that point. So we, we weren't getting much push from them. However, when we were looking to branch beyond and reach a newer uh, user, consumer to the NFT space, they lived in a mobile app space. And so for us to be able to branch out and reach that audience, we felt that we 
would need to or wanted to uh, get to a, a mobile space so that we can capture that audience. And, you know, Turner Sports Bleacher, we are a, you know, a large organization. We know the app space and we've developed um, accordingly there. And so we thought it was, it would align well for us to leverage um, our app users as well and, and bringing them into the fold. And so that's sort of our thinking around it. That makes sense. And I am also really curious about kind of your process of filling the funnel of new users. Um, so you mentioned it, it was mostly NFT um, native people, people who are familiar with the crypto space, kind of had their own personal interests in that area. Um, are they also kind of overlapping with the Bleacher Report audience? Like, is it a younger audience member that's kind of interacting in this space? Um, are they coming from Bleacher Report? Are they coming from, you know, Turner Sports ecosystem? Like, what's the kind of trajectory of audience members? So I, I think the good news and the exciting thing for us is that we feel that we're just scratching the surface here. Um, and there is so much depth to the Bleacher audience that we can still dive into to bring them over to um, the new NFT space and what the opportunities uh, are, are out there for sports fans. Where our trajectory to where we are, as I mentioned, we started out with uh, you know some of the NFT natives and they were was easier for them to understand. We are what we that next layer that we saw were those that were a little bit more risk takers. Um, and as I mentioned, those that either were in the free-to-play gaming or betting space and or that were, um, you know, what we what we call an internally here is financial enthusiasts, um, those that are used to playing the stock market a bit more. And so those that audience overlapped a bit more naturally with our bleacher audience. But um I wouldn't say that they came directly from them, but they were sports fans. And so they um, were heavily correlated with some of the, the Bleacher audience. But but as I said, I think we're still just in the beginning stage of it and scratching the surface. And we think there's so much more we can do there. And now that we are building the games much with a bit more sophistication, a bit more depth to it, I think we're going to be bringing in that audience um, a lot more, and we'll have a greater richness within the ecosystem for them to to engage with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have like a kind of adjacent marketing strategy that you're setting up around the app launch, for example, to get some of those audience members who aren't users yet? Yep. So right now, where where we are, so we're in closed beta, so we we haven't yet. Um, open the, you know, the faucets to that because we want to, we, we're still testing out and, and getting that going. So we're, we're really excited about what we're hearing and the feedback and the fan engagement there. We are thinking through and, and have plans to leverage, obviously, our larger distribution channels um, and the app strategy that we've, I just mentioned before about coinciding with that. The other great thing is that as we roll out with, our tentpole events, we think those are natural touch points to engage with fans and bringing them in. And, you know, un unfortunately for us, timing didn't work out with the, uh, for us on the game and the match, that would have been a, a nice, you know, touch point for us to do something there. But, you know, just as a, you know, teaser, those are the kind of things that we would be thinking about um, to engage larger audiences as we are, are 
creating the platform and the environment um, around these NFT experiences. Cool. And then I'm also kind of going back to the like operational side of it. Um, So you do have your in-house team that's um, been spearheading the exploratory kind of process, but also in like strictly programming this game and putting it on the app store and making the platform where you can um, mint NFTs, transact with NFTs. Who's responsible for that? Like, are you the one, you know, programming this, you know, every day or have you hired developers? Are you partnered with, you know, blockchains and NFT kind of platforms? Like what's the actual process of getting this off the ground? So, so yes, I would say all of the above <laughs> to, you know, <laughs> to pick the easy answer there. So, as I said, we, we started out with a small internal team focused, really getting to learn and develop and push forward. We did reach out to um, experts in the space. So we do have a, we had a, a, um, a blockchain development company that worked closely with us to build our blockchain contracts um, first developing on Ethereum and then moving over to um, to a, a flow, a different blockchain. We um, also, our relationship with um, Dapper Labs uh, allowed us to also get some, um, you know, learnings from what they, they were doing there. So the expertise that they had enabled us to um, apply and learn a, a lot more from what we were doing. And then, you know, from a game development space, we are also working with a studio to help us build the game as well. So a number of these are um, vendors and partners that we're working with to help us build the experience uh, because we are we didn't have the game development or the blockchain experience in-house, but we did have the direction and vision of where we wanted to go. And we were able to work with great partners to help us get that done. Got it. Obviously, Turner Sports is part of a, a large um, company. Um, you have Warner Media. Um, there's a an AT and T as well. If I'm yes, yeah, right, yeah. 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 So there's there's a there's a big network of um, you know company power behind you. But so it sounds like there's a lot of investment that's required as well, right? Like there's a lot of upfront costs associated with getting something like this off the ground. Um, not sure if you could disclose any pricing, you know, hard numbers, but I am curious, like, is there a degree of, um, you know, upfront investment that anyone kind of interested in this space would have to be prepared for when thinking about their role in the blockchain? Right. No, and I appreciate that question. And so I think the the thing is, and I, I won't be able to share direct numbers with you, but I can. what I can share is that a couple of things that happened for us is that we, we got in early, which that helped us out quite a bit. And getting in early allowed us to build something, as I mentioned, that was 2D in the beginning, which, you know, sort of allowed us to play in the space and, and get to learn quite a bit. And then as we saw that there were opportunities, we continued to invest accordingly and we continued to, um, you know, put the right resources in place to support where we thought the opportunities would lie. And we, we are continuing to do that in terms of, you know, we, we, we see that there's an opening now that there's, you know, much more competition coming into the space, many more people looking at it. We certainly have to spend um, to keep ourselves, uh, you know, ahead of where everyone else is or will be, but we are, we're also, we also know that the space is still very young 
um, and it's still growing quite a bit. And so what, what we're really focusing our attention on is where are our fans now? Where do we think they can be or will be with us as the space continues to grow? And how do we continue to put in the right investment for the right um, opportunity that we see in front of us? So we certainly are putting investment in this um, and we are excited about where we think we can leverage the, as you mentioned, the larger organization to, to support that. And we're also excited about being able to drive these opportunities forward and being on the leading edge of where we think, um, you know, fan engagement and sports fan engagement will be over the next few years. And we will spend, you know, as appropriate when, you know, as we see those those windows and opportunities open. So that also kind of indicates then that this appears to be a very positive revenue opportunity for Turner Sports and likely the overall company um, down the line. Like, do you see a lot of opportunity here outside of just, not just the gamification of NFTs, but outside of this, you know, first project, do you see this being a big part of um, the way that your company does business in, you know, five, 10 years or so? So I'll speak first, you know, sort of from a company perspective of how we're thinking about it. So the the short and easy answer to that is yes. We do see that there's opportunity here and it's still forming itself. So, you know, really figuring out where we would place um, uh, ourselves within this market is going to be determined over these next few years. And we feel really good about not only the, um, you know, the sort of innovativeness of our organization to be able to do that, but also excited about the assets that we have in place for us to to be able to take advantage of that. And then personally f- for me and why, you know, I was, you know, excited about bringing the company there in the beginning is because I see this as being completely transformational for our, our industry. Um, and I think over the next few years, we will see um, new ways of engaging with fans that we haven't had before, that we probably aren't even thinking about now, that really brings the fans to the center of um, the experience. And it will it will have tentacles into our sort of live viewing of sports to, um, you know, in the interactive experience to, you know, uh, I'll call it user-generated engagement with fans. And I think it will play into every single one of those places that it will completely turn how we are thinking about, you know, sports fan engagement in, in, you know, really interesting ways. And so I'm extremely bullish in terms of where I think it's going to go. And I think this is the time that um, companies like ours should be getting in and 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 really thinking about the space to to learn and understand how, how users are engaging with it. Absolutely. And so last question for you um, as we wrap up this conversation, but I'm also curious because we've, we've talked a lot about the consumer side of it, the kind of use cases for creating an ecosystem where the players are, you know, the ones kind of spending money, but are there also kind of sponsorship partnerships or advertising um, opportunities tied into either block leads or, you know, the blockchain as well that you are um, thinking about or excited about? Absolutely. Um, We haven't done that quite yet because we were trying to make sure that we get the base of the platform um, stabilized and in a place where we have fan engagement 
We see tremendous amount of opportunities for sponsorship, whether directly integrated into the game itself or applied to the NFTs. The the great thing about the NFTs is that it, it has the ability to be programmed. And so you can have them programmed if you perform or do certain activities, you unlock um, potentially certain sponsored opportunity, you know, um, uh, you know, products and, and mm-hmm. something just, you know, as simple as, you know, hit a hole in one in our block league golf and you get some sponsored opportunity there that can be embedded in any every NFT. Um, as I mentioned, I, you know, we're in the ideation stage around that right now, but there's, I think it unlocks a tremendous amount of opportunities for us. And again, really excited about it. Awesome. Like I mentioned at the top of this episode, this is a very interesting, I think, experimentation and application of the NFT and blockchain um, that I've seen so far in the media space. Finding ways to make NFTs have a sustainable future in the media space is really important in how you're doing that. I think it's been extremely valuable just to kind of talk deeply about this area. And, you know, it is very early on, but there is a lot of you know, activity happening. So this is really great. Thank you so much, Yang. Thank you for having me. Enjoyed it. And thank you for listening to the Digiday podcast. We'll be back next week with another episode.